0: Morning, church. Um, Today's Bible reading comes from Exodus chapter 33 verses 12 to 23 and can be found on page 72 of your church Bibles. Uh, But before I read, let me pray for us. Uh, Mighty God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have uh, to come together to worship you. We thank you for your word and the gospel that allows us to know Jesus. I pray for Pastor Chowi as he preaches today. And I also pray for us as we hear the sermon that you'll open our hearts and ears to your word, so that we may continue to spiritually mature um, as children of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Exodus um, chapter 33, uh, verses 12 to 23. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. I will put you in a cleft in the rock, and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand, and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. This is the word of the Lord.
1: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Well, last week we learned that Moses had left the people and had gone up on the mountain to meet alone with God four months after the exodus from Egypt. While he was away, the people persuaded Aaron to make a golden calf, and they started worshipping this calf, as we have seen just now uh, by the, the kids' church. Moses was up on the mountain, not knowing what was happening until God informed him of what the people have done. God was about to destroy all the Israelites and start afresh with Moses by making him into a great nation. Exodus chapter 32 verses 30 to 32 tells us that Moses later made atonement for their sins and interceded for them. Moses asked God to forgive that sin, but if not, to let him bear the punishment on behalf of the people by blotting his name out of the book. However, God told Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. When the day comes for punishment, I will punish them for their sins. God sent a place on the people soon after that to punish them. God commanded Moses to lead the people to the promised land and said he would send his angel to accompany them. That is in verse 34 of chapter 32. Now, this morning text, Exodus chapter 33 Verse 1 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go, leave this place, you and the people whom you have brought up out of Egypt, and go to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God repeated the command given to Moses in Exodus chapter 32, verse 34, to go on to lead the people to the promised land and that he would send his angel to accompany them. God told the Israelite to go ahead. Go ahead into the land, I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Go ahead. I'll drive out all the enemy nations ahead of you. And go ahead into the land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, go ahead, but I'm not going with you and I might just destroy you on the way. Israel didn't want God telling them what to do. Sound familiar? He described them as being stiff-necked. So he told them in verse 3, I will not go with you. The prospect of living without God's presence absolutely frightened them. And it frightened Moses. Moses knew that Israel wouldn't be Israel without God's presence. In fact, Moses knew that he wouldn't be anything without God's presence. So how did the people respond? Verse 4 tells us that when the people heard these harsh words, They mourn, and no one put on ornaments. The removal of their ornaments or jewelry is an outward sign of mourning. Verses 12 to 17 tell us how Moses continued to appeal on behalf of the people. He pleaded with God to go with them. Finally, God told Moses that he had found favor in his sight and will grant his request to go with Israelites. What a relief. Now let's take a closer look at Exodus chapter 33. So please turn your Bible to Exodus 33. This chapter consists of four sections. Section 1 is verses 1 to 6. Section 2 verses 7 to 11. Third section, verses 12 to 16. And the fourth section, 17 to 23. Take note, first section, verses 1 to 6, and third section, verses 12 to 16, are the intercessions of Moses. It is interesting to note that the intercessions of Moses were interposed by verses 7 to 11 and concluded with verses 17 to 23. Verses 7 to 11 is a short description of the tent where Moses communicated with God and the intimate relationship between God and Moses. Verse 11 says, The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. It seems that these interpolations is to help us to understand why Moses was able to converse with God in God's sight. Sorry. Converse with God as friends talking with one another. Verses 17 to 23 tell us that Moses had found favor in God's sight. God granted his request and agreed to go with them. Moses went on to ask God to show him his glory and God granted his request again. It seems that the author of Exodus arranged the text with a purpose to highlight the intimate relationship between God and Moses. Moses was a great man of God indeed. In Exodus, Moses was portrayed as a great leader and the mediator of the covenant between God and his people, the Israelites. In a number of occasions, New Testament drew comparison between the old covenant And the New Covenant. And this morning, let's look at some of the similarities and differences between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant in the light of Exodus chapter 32 to 34. First, Mediator. Moses was the mediator of the covenant between God and the Israelites. As the leader and the shepherd of God's people he cared for the people and loved them. He made atonement sacrifices for their sins and interceded for the people when they got into deep trouble. Moses asked God to forgive them. He was even prepared to hear uh, to bear the punishment on behalf of the people when God was about to destroy them. We thank God that we have Jesus Christ as a mediator between God and the people of God in the new covenant. These people of God are called Christians. That is you and me. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. I'm going to quote quite a number of uh, references, but all are in the outline of uh, the handout today. So, If you miss any, you can always go back to check on it. In Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 says, Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry. He is the mediator of a better covenant. Again, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15 tells us that Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. In the new covenant, for God so loved the world, that he has sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Jesus Christ offered himself as a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the world. References are Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17, 1 John chapter 2 verse 2, and chapter 4 verse 10. He bore our sins in his holy body on the cross. 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 24. In the old covenant, atonement sacrifices have had to be made repeatedly to God on behalf of the people. Now, through the offering of his body once for all, by his blood, Jesus Christ had obtained an eternal redemption for those who believe in him. References are Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12, and uh, verses 25 to 26, and chapter 10, verses 10 to 12. The most wonderful things is that Christ Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, not only made a perfect sacrifice for all of us once for all through his death, he rose from the dead and now seated at the right hand of God Continuing to intercede for us. That's Romans chapter 8 verse 34. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Jesus was tested in all aspects as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, we are encouraged to approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Second, glory. Exodus chapter 34 verses 29 to 35 says, Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, and his face was shining Aaron and all the Israelites were afraid to come near him. So Moses had to put on a veil when he was with them. Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, The old covenant is written in letters on stone tablets, but the new covenant is the ministry of the Spirit. The old covenant came in glory so that the people of Israel could not gaze at Moses' face because of the glory of his face. But much greater glory is the new covenant. To this day, whenever the books of the law are read, a veil still lies over their minds bringing them back to the old covenant when they had to use the veil. Praise God! In Christ, the veil is removed. Now all of us who are in Christ Jesus can behold the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces and are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord. The spirit third intercession the Israelites were privileged to have Moses, the man of God, to intercede for them in the wilderness, urging God to go with them. Romans chapter eight verses twenty six to twenty seven tells us that now we are privileged. To have the Holy Spirit who dwells in us to help us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit in the seats for us according to the will of God. And Romans chapter eight verses thirty-four to thirty-nine says. Even Christ Jesus himself who died and was raised is now at the right hand of God and will in the seat for us during our time of trials and assure that nothing, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So praise God. We are more privileged than the people in the Old Testament indeed. By his death, Christ has accomplished a far more superior covenant for us. Now, I'd like to move on to the second part of my sermon, uh, the Moses exemplar for leaders. Now, Moses is commonly seen as the founder of the Israelite religion. Exodus chapter 32 to 34 provides us with glimpses into the life and characteristics of a great leader like Moses. First, shepherd's heart. Moses always had the Israelites' best interest in his heart as the leader of them. Moses never failed to pray for the Israelites' even though they loved to murmur. Complain and criticize. Sometimes they even threatened to stone him to death. He prayed because he loved the people. He cared for them. God told Moses that he was going to destroy the Israelite and make him into a great nation. If Moses had been thinking for himself at that time, He might as well have said, Oh yes, that's right. Destroy them and start afresh with me. You can make me into a great nation. That could have happened if Moses had a desire for personal glory. Instead, Moses prayed in Exodus chapter 32, chapter 32 verse 32. Please forgive the sin but if not then blot out blot me out of the book you have written he loved the people so much that he wanted to take the punishment on behalf of the people prayer motivated by compassion pleases god it echoes God's heart prayer that seek to bless God's people moves God. Pray for all our leaders that we may always have the people of God in our hearts. To love and care for them. Under the new covenant, Jesus proclaimed, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John chapter 10, verse 11. And he also said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's John chapter 10, verse 10. Second, presence of God. Just as the many other great leaders of God, Moses understood the importance of the presence of God. He wanted God's presence so badly that he says in, chapter thirty-three, verses 15 and 16. If your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favour in your sight, I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way, we shall be distinct. I and your people, from every people on the face of the earth. We are lost without God's presence. We are no different from the rest of the world. We are distinct from the rest of the world on earth because we have the presence of God with us. That's what Moses means here. Don't send us to the promised land without you, God. Your presence is that important. Moses understood that the nation of Israel needed God to go up with them. Moses needed God to help him be a leader. They were a big nation that didn't know what they were doing. It was a big desert out there. They didn't have what they needed to survive it. They need a God. Do you want a reason to feel insecure and scared? Have God said, tell you, I am not going with you. Or have God go from saying, I'm right here with you to I won't be close with you anymore. What would you do? How would you face hard times? How would you just live day to day knowing that your eternity isn't secure? That your name isn't written in God's book of life? What would you do? Don't you want to live here this morning, assured that God will go with you? It's a big world out there. You don't have all that you need to survive it alone. You need a Savior named Jesus to wash you clean of sin. You need the Holy Spirit living inside of you to help you become a person who lives a holy lifestyle. You need a relationship with God the Father that meets what He has designed it to be appeal to God's grace. There is a phrase that appears a number of times during Moses' conversation with God in Exodus chapter 33. That is, finding favour is God's sight. In verse 12, God said to Moses, I know you by name and you have also found favor in my sight. When Moses appealed to God on behalf of the people, Moses said in verse 13, Now if I have found favor in your sight, show me your ways, so that I may know you and find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. The phrase Finding favor in God is found three times in verses 12 to 13 and twice in verses 16 to 17. It occurs another time in Exodus 34 verse 9. Finding favor in God's sight was a respectful way in asking God to show his kindness and grace. Moses was fully aware that how undeserving they were to ask God for favor. Yet, he pleaded for God's favor. Moses appealed to God's grace, and that's what we must do if we want to get close to God. If we want God to go with us, we too must plead for mercy. We must beg for undeserved favour. Like Moses, first of all, let's pray that God in his grace will show us his path. That God in his grace would teach us his ways. That's Moses' specific request in verse 13. Teach me. Your ways, he pleads. This is an acknowledgement that he doesn't know God's way and a desire to walk in his ways. Secondly, let us pray that God in his grace would go with us along that path, that he would not leave us alone, but walk with us along the way. That's what Moses begs for God, God's fall. Fourth: long for more of God. Consider how far Moses had come. He had absolutely terrified. He was absolutely terrified of his voice when he first encountered God at the burning bush. Now he could look back on how God had used him to deliver two million people from slavery, to miraculously cross the Red Sea, to bring water off a rock and food from heaven. Moses had come a long way with God. As you can see by his conversation with God, Yet he was not satisfied. This man who was afraid of the burning bush said in verse, uh, chapter 33 verse 18, Show me your glory. The word glory is hard to define in English. In Hebrew, here it implies Moses wanted to see God in all his fullness. He longed for more of God. He had mercifully, God had mercifully said, Moses, you can't handle my full glory. It will kill you. But then he also added out of great tenderness. Stay here in the cleft of this rock and I will let you see a little on my back. As God passed, the scripture said he protected Moses with the palm of his hand. It was a beautiful picture of the Almighty God reaching out to a mere mortar with tenderness and care. Moses got to see the lingering portion of God's glory after God passed. Don't be content in your Christian walk. Don't be content with what God did in your life 10, 20, 30, or even maybe 50 years ago. Do you still long to know God more? We need to long for more of God. To not to be content with how close we presently are, but to want to grow closer to become ever more knowledgeable of His Word, ever more conscious of His voice, and ever more appreciative of His work around us. Pray that God in His grace would reveal to us His person. That God in His grace would show Himself in all His glory, That God in His grace would display to us who He really is. That's what Moses was asking for. Let this also be our desire. Amen.